Hello and welcome to Journeys in Grace. My name is Eric Hubbard, and I want to thank you for joining us as we continue on in the study of the Word of God. And tonight, we're going to start a new series or a new teaching on authority. I'm going to give you a couple of ways to reach out to us. One, by mail at Pastor Eric, Post Office Box 4473, Marietta, Georgia, 30061. Or you can email us at PastorEric523 at gmail.com. Again, PastorEric523 at gmail.com. And if you have questions or uh, comments or things that you want to talk to us, uh, connect with us, please do so and just reach out to us in any of those two ways, and we'll be happy to respond. Again, we're going to talk today about authority, authority. And there's so many ways that we could take this today. And I just want to get into it in some simplicity because that's what I believe my calling is, is to make the word of God as simple as possible. Because I believe many times religion brings, puts barriers. It makes us feel as though we have to leap over uh, uh, buildings and, you know, I'd be like Superman and, and faster than a speeding bullet, you know. You got to be, uh, got to have perfect faith and perfect performance and all those things. When actually, when they, when, when Jesus began to teach his disciples, he says, if you have faith as a grain of mustard seed, the Lord, the Father wanted to make it so simple that it only requires us to ask. And just believe. And it's the, the smallest of the small of all of the seeds. Jesus said, if you could get this, this seed, it's not about the power of the preacher and about the, uh, you know, the, the dynamic speaker and all these things that you could think of and how many scriptures you know. It's the simply you, it's me, it's us believing that God can. Not that it will God. Or do I qualify? For none of us qualify. There is a man or woman, there is not a man or woman on the planet that in their own selves qualify for the blessings and grace and the love of God. But we are qualified when we express our faith in him, knowing that he can do anything. And many times we believe, there are many that say, you know, I believe that God can do anything but uh, and can do everything, but will he do anything for me? Because so many believe that, you know, that I'm not qualified, I'm not smart enough, I'm not educated enough, I'm not, I don't have enough money, you know, I don't know the right people. All of these things count. When you begin to talk to people about, you know, they've been sick for a while, they've been, they went through this, they went through that, you know, they've been through several marriages, they're, you know, they're, they're, uh, they suffered abuse. All of these things we find when we begin to question people about what do you think, you know, you, 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 you've been through so much in your life. Um, what's the hindrance? What's holding you up when we know all the promises of God? And because we know his promises, it's up to us. Again, in the simplest form, to just trust and believe in him. And as I've said many times, and I'll say it again, it's not about how much faith you have. It's the, 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 the unbelief that we have to contend with. Because unbelief will, will sink, it will destroy, it, it, will, it will combat you. You know, it's like, I've heard the example of, you know, you got two large Clydesdale uh, horses pulling on each end, one tied on this end, one tied on the other end, and one called faith and the other called unbelief. 
And see, you can have faith. Jesus said you can have faith with a grain of mustard seed. And I'm not saying you can, but the, because unbelief will attack all of us. But what we don't want to have is to be overpowered to, to the point to where we question whether God will. Jesus only asked, he said, he said, it's according to your faith. But there are many of us, we, are, we, we, we look at circumstances and we allow unbelief to water down our faith or disqualify would be a better way of saying it. We disqualify ourselves because remember what we did last night. Remember the argument that we had an hour ago. Remember the, 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 the evil or the bad things that we said or you know we, the regrets that we have because we let those things disqualify us from the love of God. And if God, the Bible says, if he will give us his son, God gave us the best that he has. There is nothing in heaven better than Jesus Christ. Nothing. Nothing compares to him. And if God is willing to give his son for you, how much more or what else? What, what, why, would he, why would he not give you any and everything that's in grace to you or to me or to the asker. That's why Jesus said, ask and you shall receive. Seek and you shall find. Knock and it shall be open unto it, to us. And he goes on to say in the eighth verse, this is Matthew 7 and then 7 and verses 78. He says, everyone that asks, receive. If you are an everyone and you just have a one grain of mustard seed faith. Just a tiny, tiny, tiny a bit of faith. He said, if you have that much faith, you receive. What we have to do is to believe and receive. And say, Lord, I receive. I receive what you say. I believe in you. I believe. With all of my baggage, with all of my issues, I believe you love me. And see, when God manifest that thing in your life, it will come to pass because he's already done it. God doesn't have to go and make it. didn't have to make that car. He didn't have to uh, 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 get your healing together. He didn't have to uh, 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 get prepared because, you know, I, I know Mary, she, she needed this healing. And so let me go and let me go and see if I can fix that up, fix that for her. No, he knew you, you would need it. You simply need to receive Believe and receive what he's already done. You don't have to be the best. You don't have to be the smartest. You simply have to believe. So going beyond that and going with that, today again, we're talking about authority, authority. And first we're going to start out and just talking about how that the authority that's in the earth is available for the believer. It's available for us. We simply have to take what God has already uh, provided for us. And I'm not going to go there, but if you go over to uh, the book of Genesis and read uh, chapter 1, verses 26 to 28, it talks about what God gave Adam in the garden. He gave Adam dominion and uh, authority. He gave him an assignment. I read an assignment and, a, and, and dominion. Because dominion is power and power is authority. When you have power, you have some authority. Because I looked up these couple of words to just go on before we get started today. Uh, when we're talking about authority, we're talking about power or dominion or jurisdiction. See, when we as believers come into a thing, 
We, we even enter into a home or we go into a place that the Bible says no weapon formed against us shall prosper. Everything, everything, anything that Satan would come up with, every tongue that rises up against us, he says, we shall condemn. He, the scripture says, thou shall condemn. So we need only open our mouth and condemn that. Call it nothing. Say, no, that will not manifest it in my child's life. That will not manifest in my life. I take authority over it. In other words, I take jurisdiction in this area in my life. I take jurisdiction over this and say, no, not in me. Because the book of uh, uh, 1 John says, as he is, so am I in this life, in this world. Just as Jesus is in heaven, so am I now in the earth. So if Jesus is not suffering with cancer, if Jesus is not suffering in, in, with a lack of job or uh, 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 he's not hungry tonight, if Jesus is not hungry, neither should I be hungry. Neither should I be in, in poverty. Yes, we all have challenges. We have things that come up against us and will try to rob you of what God has already said over your life. But Jesus said, I never leave you nor forsake you. I'm with you. He already knew when you got saved, he knew what he knew your issues. He knows them now. And he still loves us. He still loves me. So when we talk about what God gave to Adam and Eve, he gave them the dominion, the power, the authority. And he gave them their assignment of being fruitful and multiplying. But what the enemy took from Adam was his dominion, his power, his authority, because Adam disobeyed God. But what did Jesus do? He took it back. But Proverbs, the writer in Proverbs talks about this. He's, he begins to speak about what, what comes with uh, uh, when the righteous are in authority. And I say it again, I said again as I was beginning to talk, this, uh, talk about this subject today is that we as believers, when we walk into a place, we go into a situation, when we go on our jobs, the kingdom of God comes with us. Jesus said the kingdom is in you. The kingdom of heaven is resident in every believer. The Holy Spirit is in you. God is in you. The Spirit of God. Not a Spirit of God. The Spirit of God. And the presence of the Holy Spirit is in you. Therefore, when I talk about authority, I'm talking about God in you. The kingdom is in you. Jesus prayed before the Holy Ghost came. He said, thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Why? Because we have the ability to joy, enjoy heaven right now. To enjoy the peace. The, the whole world is going through recession and losing their minds and killing themselves and doing all of these things because they have no hope. We have hope. We have the answer. And his name is Jesus. His name is Jesus. He's the hope. The most hated, revered, uh, uh, unrevered name in all the earth. You can curse out all the gods. You can curse them. You, you can curse out Jesus rather. But you go talking about the other gods, the others who have uh, uh, established themselves as an alternative to him. Then you'll be criticized and you will be uh, called canceled. 
you will be canceled. The culture will cancel you because you dare say that Jesus Christ is the way. He is not a way. He says, I am the way, the truth, and the light. And he had the authority to say it. They questioned him, and we're going to read that here in a few, few seconds. But uh, let's, let's, let's go on, because I don't want to get, I don't go get ahead of myself. But over in Proverbs 29, chapter, and the second verse, the writer begins to say, when the righteous are in authority, when they control the jurisdiction, again, that's what authority means. It means power, jurisdiction, having command, having control. When the righteous rule, so in other words, the people rejoice. Because they know that righteousness means there'll be right judgment. There will be order. Who would want to live in a place where there's no order, where there's no justice? Where there's no, where there's no right thinking? Where there's chaos? Where there's violent crime everywhere? Where it's unsafe for your children and your, and your family? Where you can't sleep at night? Because when the righteous are in authority, they establish the jurisdiction and heaven is established when the righteous are in authority. He said, but when the wicked rule, beareth rule, the people mourn. When corruption, when the corrupt politician, when the corrupt police commissioner, when the corrupt police officer, when the corrupt preacher, the corrupt principal, the corrupt doctor, the corrupt lawyer, when all of them, when they are in control, the corrupt business owner, when all of when the, the corrupt landlord, when they are in authority, the people mourn because there no, there's no justice. Righteous cannot reign when the evil, when the unrighteous, and that's what I'm talking about, when the evil are in control and they let Satan and crime and sin run rampant. That oh, it's just, you know, we're not going to do anything about that. Just, you know, it'll work itself out. No, it won't. Order does not come from chaos. But order comes from order. When things are set in order, there will be order. But when you allow chaos, it's just like taking a, uh, you, I know you all have seen the, hopefully you've heard the example of, well, you can take a beautiful uh, rose bush and you put it in the vase and you let it sit there for years over time that thing's gonna rot dust and and and, and, and all kind of things are gonna come in are gonna affect those rose bushes even plastic ones you just let, let them set them in the rose set them in the vase and, and see uh, what happens to them, them over time they'll rot if they were if they were real roses they'll rot they'll fall away But when the righteous rule, the people rejoice. And that's who Jesus is. He is righteous. He is the good God. He is the almighty God. He is the humble Savior. And yet he is the Lion of Judah. So let's go on now. So because Jesus is the righteous one, he is the holy one. When he came into the earth and he began his ministry, the people noticed that he wasn't just an echo of the scripture. He taught the word of God with authority. So as we read here in, um, in, sorry, in, uh, in, in, in the book of, um, in the book of Matthew, I believe Matthew seven twenty nine, it begins to say, Matthew seven twenty eight, 
It says it came and Jesus had went to the synagogue. He began to teach in, in a couple of these uh, things. And he taught in the houses. And whenever he brought the people together, he taught with authority. And it says it came to pass when Jesus had ended these things, sayings, the people were astonished at his doctrine. Because, he, remember, he was not an echo of the Old Testament. He was the Old Testament. That's why Jesus said over in Hebrew, he said, the volume of the book is written of me to do thy will, O God, to take away the first, to establish the second. What was he saying? The first promise, the first uh, testament, the first will was the Old Testament. The second will, in which he came to establish, is the New Testament. And so it says in the 29th verse, he taught them as one having authority, as one having jurisdiction as one having control, as one having command, because the whole world belonged to him. But just think about how he came. He came to a, 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 a virgin girl in a poor family, to a father, to an earthly father, who took care of him, a son he, that was not his, and the, and the wife, and he took them home. But if you read, God took care of his son. He sent the, uh, he sent the, 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 the wise men. He sent them. And the magi. He sent them. And they brought uh, uh, gold, frankincense, and myrrh. It doesn't say how much it was. But God is not a deadbeat dad. He wasn't going to let Je uh, uh, Joseph take care of his son and he not take care of Jesus. But he made sure to take care of his son. And that's why I, I bring this message to you. And again, as many things I've thought about adding to this or, or bringing, coming from a, another way, but I feel like this is where God wants us to come to today was that Jesus is authority, but he comes with simplicity. He comes wanting to make it simple. The book of Isaiah says that this way, which is the highway of holiness, is so simple that a fool will not err. In other words, if a fool would obey, if he would listen, he would not err in this highway of holiness and righteousness which God has set before us. So here over in the book of Matthew, verses 7, uh, 7 28 and 29, the people begin to marvel. Says, you don't teach like the scribes and Pharisees. You don't teach, teach like those who read from the Torah. Yes, Jesus read from the Torah, but he had a command of it. He spoke it with authority because he was the Torah. He was the law. And he kept it perfectly as no other man had done before him and none can do after him because he is the fulfiller of all of it. So let's go on now. Let's go over now to uh, the book of, of, of Matthew, same book, chapter 21. Matthew uh, 21. And we're going to start reading around, let's see, Matthew, Matthew 21. Read around the 21st verse, Matthew 21, 21. Again, talking about authority and what Jesus did for him. And see, what religion will do is, religion will always come against the plan of God. It will fight anything that seeks to set things in order. And that's what Jesus came to do. He came to set things in order and set things aright. And when this change came 
as I believe the greatest revival the world has ever known, is, is, is broken forth. And see, many a times we don't, uh, uh, the, 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 the body of Christ, some in the body of Christ, they push back. They think the thing's going to stay. Things are not going to see stay the same as they were. As you see from what we went through from uh, year 2020 through, through 2022, everything changed. Nobody was going to church for a time. Jobs shut down. Offices shut down. Stores shut down. Flying shut down. Everything stopped and ceased because there was a change coming. But I want to tell you now, I think even as it was in the natural, so do I believe it is in the spirit. There's a change coming and it's already here. Let's be attuned to what God is doing in 2023 and moving forward. We must be attuned. That's why Jesus said, hear what the spirit is saying to the church. And God wants us to move in authority, to know who we are in him, to know that in him is everything that we need. Yes, God loves education. He wants us to be educated. He wants us to be at the top of the line. God wants excellence. He wants excellence in everything that we do. But that excellence will, will come from him. It will come from us finding ourselves in the word and letting the word of God come from us, through us. In other words, it's an inside job. And when we allow the love of God, the peace of God to just flow from him and that it comes from relationship. That's where our authority comes from. Jesus' authority came from his relationship with God and his time of meditation and of prayer and him reading over the Torah and him reading over the scriptures and then meditating on them and finding out who he was. And then him and him finding out who he was, he spoke that he remember when he in the book of Luke, I've been in Luke four, he began to tell them now these scriptures, when he read out of Isaiah uh, uh, 60 and 61, 61 rather, and he began to tell them today, these scriptures are fulfilled in your ears. How did he know this? Because of his time spent with God, his time spent in the scripture and meditating and his identity was revealed unto him. Because remember, he came as a babe. But the Bible says he grew in favor and grace with God and man because he had to find out who he was. And he found it in the scripture. Therefore, when he found his identity, he could speak with authority because he was assured that this is who I am. And he knew his mission. At 12, he knew his mission. He said, when, when he was, when Mary and Joseph had left and thought that Jesus was with the party, and when they discovered that, on a, and when they got a Sabbath day out, and said, "Oh, Jesus is not with us," they go back to Jerusalem and they search for him for three days. And when they found him, he was in the temple. And he said, "Don't you know that I must need be about my father's business?" Because he knew who he was. And that's what Jesus wants us to do. Find out who we are in the scripture, knowing that we have the authority. And so that's why Jesus in Matthew 7, 29, and we're going to read further on as we, we, we study out these scriptures, the authority of God is in us. It's an inside job, beloved. You have the same power 
that raised up Jesus from the dead, it also dwells in you. The difference is he knew it. Do you know who your God is? Get to know him because he wants to get to know you. I pray you got some out of the word of God today. I thank that you thank you that you all those who are faithful listeners and and just hearing what we bring out bring forth out of the word of God. Reach out to us and let us know how in this messages and and these teachings are are being have been a blessing to you. Again, you can reach us at uh, Pastor Eric five two three at gmail dot com, or Pastor Eric Post Office Box four four seven three, Marietta Georgia three zero zero six one. And we're going to pray before we close out today. Father, we just thank you for a new year, for a new time. We thank you, Father, that for all that you do for us, you are the kind, loving God. You are the God of more than enough. We thank you, Father, that you've empowered us. And we pray that the lion, the righteousness, for we, the Bible says in, 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 in Proverbs 28 and 1, the righteous are bold as a lion. Because we have your authority. And we will pray for those who are sick today. Those, oh Lord God, who may be attacked with cancer or with lupus or with COVID or any other those vicious diseases will seek to take your people out. We curse them in the name of Jesus and declare them dead and nord, null and void. We pray in the name of Jesus for healing for everyone who will agree with me in this hour. That I am healed, I am whole, I am well. And all that Satan may have taken, whether he's damaged your body or damaged your organs or uh, taken away sight or stopped or taken away your ability to walk or to talk, we declare that you are healed, whole, and well. Nothing missing, nothing broken. All is well. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Join us again here on Journeys in Grace. Amen.